Hey, Kyle. Hey, what? Hey, what's up, man? How are you much? doing? What's going on? I'm good. How are you? Oh, hey, can you please not wrap this intro? Oh, no worries. Okay, good. I, I, I've decided just... to retire. Okay, I, uh... good. I'm, I'm very glad. Let's, <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and get the choo-choo going. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors in New Mexico are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. I'm Matt Hensley, the pastor of Mayhill Baptist and managing editor for Lifeway Pastors. And I am Kyle Bierman, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Alamogordo, New Mexico, and director of replanter development for the North American Mission Board. And Matt and I have a combined 31 years of ministry experience and that has not helped our rapping abilities at all. None so, whatsoever. Uh, we, we, we have decided to retire from rapping after our one video. One hit wonders. One hit. Well, <laughs> maybe not a hit. We'll, we'll join the ranks of the O'Neaters and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and just stick with the one. There you yeah. go. How do you like that 90s reference, there, man? Yeah, <laughs> well done. Well done. Well, this episode is sponsored by none other than Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, the crown jewel of Southern Baptist seminaries. We encourage you to visit swibbits.edu after the show to learn more about a historical seminary standing firmly on the word of God, developing passionate ambassadors of Jesus Christ, and cooperating faithfully with Baptists across the globe. Kyle, I got a question. What's up? What's on your face? What's on my face? I mean, the people can only hear you, oh, but yeah. I'm I'm having to see you. What what's yeah. this new thing on your I, face? I, I well, I had to get new spectacles, but they are spectacles. They are spectacles. I've, I've had glasses since I was a junior in high school, and yeah. my eyes have gotten progressively worse. But yes, I had to get new glasses. So yeah, so I decided yeah. to go with like the Buddy Holly frames, and and represent the, the West Texas boy. Well done. Well, you, uh, your, your eyesight is receding as far back as your hairline. Oh man, that, that is not a lie. Yeah. So speak, yeah. speaking of real quick, this is, this is important stuff. Uh, is Buddy Holly the most important Southern Baptist musician of all time? No, the most important Southern Baptist musician of all time is. John okay. Christ. Our topic today Ends is down. going to be the Easter. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I'm very passionate about this. I will argue this for a long time. Buddy Holly's uh, important because Buddy Holly, uh, Paul McCartney said, if it wasn't for Buddy Holly, the Beatles would not have been a thing. So yeah. Buddy Holly's important, but but I argue that Johnny Cash is the most important and most influential Southern Baptist. Was that the topic so. of your dissertation? It man, it could have been. That, <laughs> that that's no, I'm saving that for a future book. There. So as part of my as part of my doctoral defense, uh, the my supervisor actually asked, like, what what is Mary's of future research that you're interested in? And, you know, on the spot, I couldn't say, well, I never hope to research anything again. But um, so I said, you know, church revitalization, because that's kind of where we are. And in fact, we we, we have researched and, and wrote a little bit on that. And um, so, yeah, now I'm going to I'm going to write an expose, as it were, on Johnny Cash and his influence as a Southern Baptist. OK, well, awesome. enough of that. I can co it with, Robert, with Russell Moore and, and it would be, it'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm sure. Great, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Dr. Russell Moore would love to co-author a book with you. I am no certain of it. question about it. Well done. Now that <laughs> that that I, I'm proud of you on that one. How's the family doing, man? Uh, we're good, man. Wrapping up school year. You no, know, yeah. Even though even though we're homeschooled, it's uh, it's we're, not we're year around summer. there. 
No, no, no. We've talked about it, but no. So we're yeah, we're looking forward to summer. Um, you know, gearing up for uh, for June and vacation Bible school and then a graduation trip to Los Angeles, and so it's going to be wild. Yeah. Yeah. June's nuts for us, so uh, we're kind of enjoying this this little lead up to uh, to summer. How about y'all? What's happening up on the hill? We're uh, we're doing good. Uh, the uh, girls are still doing well in public school, of course, because we send them to Caesar. And uh, they're they're liking that and counting down the days. I uh, I start my doctoral work in uh, I guess May twentieth or on May twentieth, and uh, so we discovered this wonderful bit of news that if we were uh, good parents, we would have already known. Uh, but our our girls' school is normally out on Monday, and so I thought, you know, hey, I could make a you know the trip the night before to El Paso see the girls off, all that kind of thing. And then, you know, I can get on the plane, they can go and have a little shopping day, go to Chick-fil-A, all of that good stuff that we can't do here in the middle of nowhere, USA. And then uh, after we've made the hotel arrangements and all of that good stuff, uh, they have school that Monday. Oh, uh, no. One of the like two Mondays of the year that they have school. Oh, but anyway, no. hopefully, if they can stay well between now and then and nobody misses or nobody's tardy, all of that good stuff, uh, we might still make that trip because uh, I really, I really would like to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, absolutely. But, uh, especially now that I've spent the, uh, the money on it. But yeah, everything's good. And uh, I think if, if I remember our conversations correctly, Y'all had a bit of a record-setting Sunday, as did uh, we, and that's a little bit of what we are talking about. First, let's celebrate uh, what God did yeah. through Easter. How was y'all's Easter? Man, our, our Easter was awesome. Yeah, we had uh, we had 135 people, um, which is as as I as I shared with you. Yeah, that's the most we've had in the, in the three years that I've been here, um, and so. Uh, yeah, really exciting. And then, and then here's the exciting part. So we, I know we, we kind of joked about um, Easter Sunday being the high, and then the, the next week being the low. And and even though our attendance was was still substantially lower than what it was on Easter Sunday, uh, we had the highest post Easter Sunday uh, in the three years that we've been here as well. It will not be our lowest Sunday of the year like it was I think in 2017. That was our that was our lowest Sunday of of the year was the well, Sunday after Easter. So well done. So yeah, how I mean, was, things, things are trucking along. How, how was the helicopter drop? <laughs> um, I have no comment on that. We, we, you did uh, have a than, helicopter no, drop. No, no we, we, were, we hosted a technically. booth at a, yeah. no, we technically, absolutely not. We hosted a booth. We had a booth at uh, Alamogordo, the city of Alamogordo's Easter in the park. And, and as they part had of a that, they drop. brought, yes, they brought the Easter Bunny by helicopter, just like at their at their like uh, annual Christmas thing. Santa comes in an old classic car, just you know, did, just like uh, the stories that we've heard growing up. Did you purchase your booth? Did we, no, it's a free booth. There is there is okay. no yeah. There was no that was going was that like, was going to be my sneaky way nope. into saying you did have a helicopter. No, no, oh. no the oh. only the only nope, the only expense we were out was the uh, uh, the the. Uh, postcard invitations that we handed out and and the candy that we gave out. Okay. Well, at least you always yeah. have the basketball court in your sanctuary, so all is well. But, yeah. but that's awesome, man. <laughs> I, I'm glad to hear it. And uh, for for us, we actually last year uh, was our highest attended 
uh, service ever on Easter until the next week. And we actually had more, which was sort of unreal because, you know, you celebrate the empty tomb on Easter Sunday and then the empty pew the Sunday after. Uh, but for <laughs> us, it was it didn't work that way. We had more the next week. And so it was really neat. And uh, then, then you wrote the article about playing the long game when it comes to the after Easter yeah. stuff, because it's it's easy. Those that are listening in and we've talked a little bit about visitor follow up. We've talked about discouragement in ministry. You know, some of the things that, you know, you can go on a super high on Easter Sunday and, you know, like Kyle, having more than you've ever had in those three years that you've been there, uh, you know, dribbling the basketball on your basketball court in the sanctuary, having a great time on Easter and then wondering where everybody went on Sunday. And it's easy to get discouraged. We've talked about that. And uh, so a little bit on today is going to be what God did in our Easter services and so forth as we've begun here. And I'm going to share ours in a moment. But then also this call to kind of play the long game uh, with it and some things that Kyle's going to add to that. For for us, we did two services, uh, not at our church, but we did one service out at the RV park uh, in the past. We did not have a, uh, a great relationship uh, there uh, and the past beyond then, we had a great one. They used to have a um, sunrise service there, actually at sunrise, and you know, music, we brought hymnals, all this kind of stuff. Then it got sold, and, and it kind of dropped for a while, and there wasn't a great working relationship there. It got new owners. I reached out to him, and we kind of brought it back. Uh, however, our sunrise service was at 8 o'clock, about two hours after the sunrise uh, That's my because, kind of sunrise service, yeah, man. man. I like that because it's not as cold, and you can see, and it's easy to get there. And and with you know, we've shared about where we're located. You've got people that if you're asking them to come all the way up for the RV service, and then you know, wait for you know, what would that be like three hours until the service? They're going to have to go home again, and it just would throw everything off on a day of rest. And so. We pushed it back so that those that were coming to both, they could do that, or those that were coming to one, all that kind of stuff. It would make it a little more simple for them. And uh, it was great and uh, had, I think, 82 or so there uh, at that one and uh, still had people coming. And uh, we we had a great time. And they've got a little pavilion. They call it the Mayhill Opry, uh, which I assume is very similar to the Grand Ole Opry. Oh. Uh, minus about the exact you know, same. ten thousand seats, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, you know, wide, wide open little pavilion, and we had that one just filled to the brim inside of it. And then it's it's wide open on the sides, and there's people in lawn chairs and standing all on the wings of it. And uh, we had a great time. My wife played the flute. I preached, and um, it was it was great. And then they fed us, and it was I kid you not. The best breakfast tacos or breakfast burritos, there's a little bit of debate on what it really was, uh, but it was absolutely delicious. And then we loaded up all the chairs in the back of my truck and brought it back to the church just in time for praise practice and all the rest of the stuff. Uh, and then between our two services, we ended up with almost 250. There's a little bit of laboratory. Uh, uh, overlap there, uh, but God was really glorified through that. Speaking. Pastorally speaking, so. we had almost 300, really, you know, <laughs> nearing 500. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's neat to be able to say you had two services, I guess. And uh, but but no, we had a great time. And I, I really stressed. In, in fact, this last weekend, I opened the service. I didn't set it up or anything. I just said he is risen. 
and to see if anybody else would follow suit because the last week, of course, we did the He Is Risen Indeed thing. And, uh, and I just shared with them that this is something we celebrate 365 days a year, 52 Sundays a year. And uh, it's great to kind of focus in on Easter Sunday on some of those events and, you know, do the lilies, you know, do all of the pictures, the Easter egg hunts, all of that. It's great. Uh, but at the end of the day, we, we serve a risen Savior every day of the year. And, uh, and so we really tried to hone in on that uh, this past week and will again this next week, which goes into that long game thing. As Kyle said, they went down significantly in attendance the, the next week. However, praise there that it was still more uh, than, you know, they, they'd had in previous years and so forth. For us, we went from 250 down to just over 100. <laughs> so, so it was a uh, reality uh, check that uh, we still got work to do and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but that's not the end. And so it's easy to be discouraged for it, but you have a word about the whole long game. Talk to us about playing the long game when it comes to kind of that after Easter slump. Yeah, well, so I think it, it goes back to um, the chat that we had with Dean and Sarah about uh, his book, The Unsafe Christian, where, where he just reminded us who typically our visitors are on um, things like Easter and Christmas, where it's not... You know, more than likely, hardened atheists are not coming to church on, on Christmas and Easter. Um, but it's your cultural Christians, folks who grew up in the church and, and maybe fallen away for, for one reason or another. Um, and and I think this goes for almost any event that you do in church. And so these, these big Sundays certainly fall there as well, where we if, if we have unreal expectations, we're going to be disappointed. And so, you know, like Easter Sunday, we had 135 people. Um, I was really hoping that we'd be up. You know, between 95 and 100 people, we weren't. Um, we had some folks out sick, so I mean, we had 80. It was great, but 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 it's important to keep in mind that, that your follow-up doesn't end just because they didn't come back the week after Easter. And I think the same is true of any event you do. Um, it, it's not, you know, we don't do events as Mark Clifton likes to say. We don't do events to get people into our church. We we do events so that we might get our, the people from our church into the lives of the people in our neighborhood. And so keep that in mind as you're following up from Easter. Um, yeah, these, these folks showed up because that's, in, at least in their mind, um, that's still what Christian folks do. They, they go to church on Easter. Um, you're not going to change a lifestyle pattern in a simple week, no matter how great your Easter message was, you know, no matter, no matter how eloquently you waxed on the uh, resurrection, and I hope you did. Uh, but it's it's unrealistic to think that that one Sunday is going to change, you know, an entire lifestyle habit of, uh, you know, we sleep in or or we go do something else on Sunday morning. Sunday morning is a family day for us. Um, so you know, just get the collected cards, follow up. I hope you've already done that. Now we're almost two weeks out from Easter, but then. In about a month or so, send them another card. Let, let them know that you've not forgotten about them. Let them know you still care and you still want to uh, minister to them in some way. Uh, and then, of course, I mean, look, so a lot of the families who showed up um, will have kids. And so for us, we scheduled an end-of-school bash uh, towards the end of May. Um, and then, of course, we have VBS coming up in, in June. Both of those are prime opportunities to uh, connect again with families um, who are in your neighborhood who may or may not have been there for Easter. But they, they provide us another opportunity to minister to folks. So, come up with some creative ways. But but again, it, you don't have to make it 
complicated. And I think that's what we do. Like, I think sometimes we, we overthink follow-up. We think, hey, we've got to have just this really cool gift. Um, man, just a simple phone call. You know, maybe, yeah, maybe, a, maybe a plate of brownies or cookies or something. But, but just saying, hey, thank you for visiting us on Easter. Um, is there any way we can pray for your family? And, and just let that relationship develop over time. That's what it's going to take is, is a lot of time. And that's us being diligent to, to let folks know we don't just care about you on Christmas and Easter. We, we care about you the other 50 Sundays, the other 50 weeks out of the year, too. And, what, what do you and have I, I started to think about it in terms of how, how much was put into Easter. You know, so uh, obviously we kind of joked about the helicopter folks and, and all of that. Uh, but but generally, everybody puts an extra something into yeah. Easter. Uh, pastors that don't typically wear a suit sometimes are going to wear one on Easter. Uh, you've got the lilies usually in the front, like many churches will have the poinsettias uh, during Christmas. You know, there's there's an extra added kind of push to it. And, and I just started thinking about it uh, the week after. Uh, before we got to to this past Sunday, and you know the the week leading up to Easter, I recorded some like a sermon invite. I sent out you know daily uh, devotionals to our people, daily reminders to invite, 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 all all of that kind of stuff leading up to Easter, and in 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 a sense that immediately stopped when Easter was over. You know that big push was done and. I didn't continue to send out the invite, invite, invite. I didn't put out the videos or whatever. And you don't have to. I'm just, right. I, I was thinking, what if every Sunday was truly Resurrection Sunday? That every Sunday we looked at this as a great opportunity for us to come together and truly worship, that we really care about what we're doing, what we believe, all of this kind of stuff, that we're going to actively invite and love on folks and all that kind of stuff, make that extra uh, step of welcoming and all of that kind of stuff. You know, Easter morning, I'm up there on the stage making sure all of the cords were straight on, you know, the the stage, that all of our, we've got those little banners up there that he's the light of the world or whatever. All those were looking okay. All of our speakers were the same distance apart. Everything from, you know, the, the guest perspective was going to be you know, on point. And, and I was like, why don't I do that every other Sunday? You know, <laughs> it's like, and, and so I'm just kind of rattling through some of those kinds of things. If, if we really put the same kind of emphasis, because I say it, we celebrate the same risen savior this Sunday as we did last Sunday. You know, I say it, but what I did kind of leading up to it was a little different. It was in, in a sense, like any other Sunday. And, uh, and so I was wrestling with that a little bit, but uh, you, you touched on that whole, not overcomplicating it that I am Mr. Spreadsheet. Last year, what I did is every visitor got put into a spreadsheet and then I had that they were going to get, you know, a card. They were going to get the uh, email. They were going to get a letter and then a fourth follow-up later. And I scheduled them. <laughs> and so, and then they, you know, I, I followed through with that schedule or whatever. And uh, it, it was like kind of racking my brain to make sure I was getting everything done. And I was I was kind of pressuring myself to, in, in a sense, I'd overcomplicated the follow up. What I needed was these, you know, 10 guests or whatever that we had uh, to just keep them on my mind in prayer, uh, to look for opportunities just to reach out with a phone call, not trying to go through the land, sea and, you know, that that kind of deal. 
because it just was an added extra step that I didn't need to mess with. And so this year it was more along the lines of just going to give a you know phone call, uh, follow up with an email a little later, maybe another phone call, like you said, when we get close to BBS. We, we don't have an end of school thing, but we'll get, have BBS right pretty much towards the beginning of the summer. So that's going to be an easy invite for us. And uh, to, to take out the analytics side of it, take out my anal retentiveness from it and just invite people to tell them thanks for coming. You know, like we're glad you were here. And is there anything I can pray for you? Been praying for you. Uh, is there anything I can pray for you? And uh, and so that's been kind of on my heart a little bit. Yeah, yeah I think simplicity is key um, because I don't know a pastor uh, on the face of the planet who's not busy. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes we we, we try to make follow up too complicated and then when we don't follow up well we, we kick ourselves um because it's um you know it, is, it does not have to be complicated email phone call in in the day and age in which we live now especially with millennials or younger families text messages um those, those are those can be effective and, and good ways to stay in touch with folks as well and and i want to point out something you said in your your article uh that i thought was one of the best lines I think you've ever written. Uh, and there hasn't been very many. So I mean, no, there's not. No. it says above all, don't forget the most important thing with Easter follow-up is to let folks know that God loves them. Your church loves them and don't strike up on the follow-up. Let's swing for the fences with our follow-through. And so in other words, it's, it's not just, we're glad that you boosted our numbers on Sunday. It's, yeah. it's a reminder that God loves you. We love you. Yeah, we and because of that, we would love for you to be a part of it. You also pointed out that this isn't only our job. You know, it, it yes, we are going to lead out in it as a pastor, but we don't have to do all of the follow up. Uh, you know, the Sunday school classes um, you, you mentioned could bake cookies or desserts, adopt a couple of the visitor families. Your deacons could make some phone calls, you know, spread that out a little bit. And this is something I struggle with uh, is delegation. Uh, you know, I'm kind of one of those, if it's going to be done, it's, it's got to be done right. And so if it's going to be done right, I'm going to have to do it. And I really struggle with that. And when it comes to visitor follow-up, uh, I probably struggle more than I need to because I don't want this ball to get dropped. And, uh, and so trusting, interesting that stuff in some capable hands. Uh, if you've got some younger couples that came through, turn them over to that young married class. You know, if you've got some kids, you know, have your daughter give them a call, your your son give them a call. You know, so think, think about who else can share this load with you so it's not all falling down on your back. Yep, that's right. That's good, good word, man. Yeah. Well, uh, Kyle, you know what? Last week we had Ashley Unzicker on the show. We did. Uh, the truer and the greater uh Todd Unzicker, Toddy Too Hottie, I believe is what she called him. And uh, next week, we have Matt Emerson uh, coming on the show, the truer and greater Matt. And uh, he is going to be talking about uh, church history, uh, the creeds, um, the ancient faith that we do have. And Kyle, if I remember correctly, you got a copy of the CSB, Ancient Faith Study Bible. And, yes, I did. Uh, it's an early I, birthday present. I got one as well. And as just a little bit of something to whet your appetite, this is going to be given away. 
uh, next week on the show. And so make sure you tune in uh, so you can figure out just how to have a chance to win the Ancient Faith Study Bible. And uh, it appears to have a picture of me at the ripe old age of 80 at the bottom. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, uh, it's got all kinds of stuff in there uh, about the early church fathers, and, and you've gotten to look at it. I just picked it up in the mailbox, so I don't know everything that's in it. Uh, but we're going to highlight a little bit of that next week. Uh, but the reason for that, Kyle, is because we are the official podcast of the Word of God. That's right. Well done. Now, Absolutely. talk to us. Yeah, so we are proud to be sponsored by the Christian Standard Bible. Uh, Matt and I both use the CSB, and we love it for its blend of readability and accuracy. We use it in our preaching, we use it in our daily devotions, and we encourage you to check out csbible.com after the show in about a minute. Um, and let me just say, the Ancient Faith Study Bible is incredible. You will want this. So you will want to uh, be sure you're entered for this drawing. And then if you don't get it, you, you want to go to lifeway.com and, and pick it up because it is, it's a stunningly beautiful Bible. And I'm, I'm excited about being able to read the Bible alongside the church fathers. So it's, it's cool. Cool. Well, it's about time to hop off the train until next week. We're grateful you took the time to listen in today. And if you haven't, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. You can also visit us online at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or on Facebook under our name. Kyle, send us out. Until next time, may your copy be as black as night and as bold as the gospel, the church fathers, and you proclaim. Many of the church fathers. Many of the church fathers. <laughs> yeah. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>